Hey, Peaches. Thank you so much for continuing the journey on our Karens and Queens two-part episode on internalized racism. Last episode, we discussed the concept overall and also the doll test that was conducted in the 1930s. And this episode, we're going to talk about culture, media, and fictional storytelling and how concepts of internalized racism emerge even within the stories that we ourselves craft. Thank you so much for continuing on this journey. We hope you love what you hear. And if you have something to say, just leave it in the comments. This exactly proves that Americans understand there's a different value assigned to a 12-year-old raped black girl and a 12-year-old raped white girl in a fictional piece of storytelling. Not research. This is culture. Welcome to the Peaches Ain't Pink podcast. A show with two cousins from different worlds with the same dedication to glutes and truth. I'm Meredith Atwood, a former attorney turned coach and author of The Year of No Nonsense. And I'm Brianna Belser, a Harvard grad turned TV writer and actor. Leave your expectations at the door and join us. Time to grow your peach. There was also something interesting that you brought up about a John Grisham book. And I would love for you to just give us a quick survey of what the book deals with. But we had this question or we had this sort of debate about the ending and, and this question of do white people know that racism still exists in America? And you said, well, see, here is this case. And, and just like, let's bring a everyone up to book. speed. No, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think media is important because media contributes to culture. Right. But I mean, I think what was so impactful about this is I was like, but Brie, what about this? And I, you let me tell it and you go, uh-huh, you just proved your own, like, you just proved the point. I was like, oh, I get it. So I think this is a really helpful, like this woke me up to, to exactly what you're saying about internalized racism. So for those of you who are readers, this is John Grisham's A Time to Kill. It was his first novel. It wasn't the one that made him famous. It came famously after like he became famous for it after the firm and the client and all that a book was made with Matthew McConaughey or a movie was made Matthew McConaughey and Samuel L. Jackson. So that's what I'm talking about. If that rings a bell, that's, that's the plot. Basically small town, Mississippi, um, a black man, Carl Lee is charged with capital murder because his daughter age young, maybe 12, um, was raped and she lived, she lived, um, by, redneck white men so on their trial date the black man carl lee the father murders the white boys on their way to trial so matthew in our beautiful matthew mcconaughey in his stunning <laughs> years <laughs> and um he <laughs> becomes the lawyer for i mean technically a white savior character in a weird mm -hmm. way I see that now, but, um, comes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Apply these <laughs> lessons, girl. Apply the lessons, but he comes to save Carl Lee, you know, right. So during closing arguments, um, and you, you are, you're sympathetic toward Carl Lee's character. You are any, you know, but you're like, uh, mm -mm, the whole time you're, you're really rooting for the white lawyer, which is interesting too. So anyway, closing argument. 
Matthew McConaughey, Jake, Jake Brigance, I think is his, his character. He delivers his closing argument, which goes through the graphic details of what happened to Carl Lee's daughter. Just play by play by play, right? And he had asked the jurors to close their eyes before he started the closing argument. And he goes through the brutal, you know, assault, rape, all of it. And then he goes, imagine this little girl is white at the end. And so mm -hmm. when I was telling Bree, and they acquit the guy, like, nope, if that mm -hmm. was my little white girl, I'd have murdered those boys mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was telling Bree, I said, well, that's why white people, we don't get it. And here's why. And she goes, no. And then you explain That's why. exactly why they get it. <laughs> That's exactly why they get it. The racism is so internalized. It was hard to conceive of it being a tragedy and horrible and justifiable when it was a black girl. But we changed that little color palette. We changed the doll in, in where we project the question and suddenly it's horrific. So my thing is this exactly proves that Americans understand there's a different value assigned to a 12-year-old raped black girl and a 12-year-old raped white girl in a fictional piece of storytelling. Not research, this is culture. These are the stories that we craft where even Grisham is utilizing in a concept of internalized racism in order to tell a story that emotionally moves us, that, you know, acquits a man who's just trying to get even, but fundamentally underscores the fact that white people do know there's a difference between blacks and whites, that black people do know that there's a difference between blacks and whites, and that we all together feel and operate from these assumptions ingrained in us by the colorblind teachings, ingrained in us by look away, it's all fine, you just be a good person at three and four years old. And Have you I think seen this movie? Have you seen no, the time to No, no, I know, but I've read a few of his books. So even tonally, I was with you tone-wise, and I was like, I had no idea Grisham made that. Although it doesn't surprise me that that wasn't his hit. That was his first book. That doesn't surprise Very me first. that that one didn't it's, hit hard. The book is beautiful. Like mm. when you, the more you know Grisham and like, you, I think it, <laughs> to use the stereotype, it came from a good place, but I do think he was trying to prove that social yeah. justice like I think that he was was trying to prove that but I think what we should do I think we should watch that movie while Ooh, we do movie a Zoom call and commentate <laughs> on it because my after talking oh to I would my, love that yes because there I'm sure there's so much because um, I'm reading a lot of legal thrillers from the 90s right now mm -hmm. that take place in Mississippi and there's so <laughs> many so like specific. oh my god I know because because they are interesting um but i'm just like cringing all over the place at all the different mm -hmm. um you know like oh my god how'd they say that you can't say that but it's only because i'm really aware of it now but my my question for you would be mm -hmm. how does it like since i told you the plot of a time to kill and kind of how they turned on it when you're watching something like that as a black woman to kill a mockingbird same what sort of Atticus Finch. What does it do to you? Like, what are, are you just sitting there? You're like, mm-hmm, here we go again. Or is it painful? Is it like the turn of that jury on that little fact? Like, imagine she's a white girl. Like, what does that do to you? Oh, Anything it's, um, at this it's point? Un, it is, well, it's internalized, right? So for me, I expect it. Oh. Um, right, I expect it. But it's incredibly painful. 
it's incredibly painful. There was, and you know, before I close this out, um, do you remember when that gorilla, was at Harambe or someone was killed? That gorilla yes. in some zoo. Yes. And I think it was the same week as maybe Philando Castile was murdered in front of his, uh, the mother of his child and his child. And the office conversations, the neighborhood conversations, the social media outpouring for a fucking gorilla was tenfold a video of a man being murdered in front of his child. And there was something about the consecutive events and it all happening at one time. I remember in the office, nobody would discuss Philando. And I was like, I'm having a hard day today. And they were like, why? You know, some of my coworkers. And I was like, because of recent events. And some of them were like, what happened? Didn't even know. And then I told them and they're like, oh, wow. Well, like, we'll have to see. And then Harambe, like, there were shirts for, like, Save the Earth and all this stuff. And I am not an anti-animal rights person. But what the fuck? That's a gorilla. That's a gorilla. Right? No civic rights. No civic rights under the United States Constitution. That is an animal whose right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness was not written. (laughs) And I'm watching people cry over that and right. like, what's the problem with Philando? So what does it do to me when I see it fictionalized? It underscores the point. That's all. It underscores a truth that I already know. And this is where I have to tell myself, I'm black, I'm beautiful. I'm going to keep my hair curly. It's great. If I straighten it, it's not because I want to be white. It's just because I want to try something new. But I love myself. Like I'm constantly having to remind myself that I have value too because I've already learned that I don't in this culture. You see what I'm saying? Every day I have to get up yeah. and be like, girl, you are beautiful. It is fine. You don't have to speak. Um, you don't have to mute your accent. You don't have to, you know, uh, whitewash yourself. You don't have to embrace those cultures. You can, you don't have to eschew blackness in order to be a professional, in order to be beautiful, in order to be marriageable, in order to be prophetic. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I have to do that every day because I've already been told that black is ugly. It's violent. It's fat. It's dangerous. It's unintelligent it's wasteful it's victimhood do you know so like and by your own family like that's the crux of you too like yeah not yeah by also your own family your southern white family yeah so i think another layer that yeah it's just there it's everywhere so for me growing the peach this week um meredith i hope you put the um doll test article in the show notes i would say to grow your peach this week just read about the test just so you have something concrete, you can see the data for yourself. And then think critically about if you have ever made a colorblind argument. Skin color doesn't matter. We're all the same on the inside. It's not polite. Kids aren't old enough. And just ask yourself where it comes from and why. Why you feel that that's the appropriate way to address race and racism in America, that we're all the same, when factually, socially, we're not treated the same. Yes. And I would like to add to this, grow your peach. If you listen to this episode and you are white, you need to share this episode with five of your best white friends, because I'll be honest with you. A lot of what Bree said to me shook me to my core. And I've been talking to her for a while now. And I know that, you know, we do know, but we need to be told and we need to be told until it sinks in enough that 
things start to change. So I would encourage you to share this episode because it was very powerful. Thank you, Bree. Thanks for tuning in to Peaches Ain't Pink. If you want us to riff on something specific, DM us on Instagram at Peaches Ain't Pink. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your favorite peaches. <laughs>